0: Plushcare dot com slash weight loss. Hello,
1: welcome on today's episode. We got Audrey Wheatman. This woman is incredible. She had a heart attack in 2016 and she's a survivor. And what was the trigger? It was stress. So after that incident, she's learned various tools to help people around her and women and men to prevent having a heart attack. Hello, welcome to the show, Audrey. How are you doing today?
0: Hi Erin, thank you so much for having me.
1: Tell us how stress impacted your life.
0: There's almost a time thinking back that I hardly ever didn't feel stress. And it kind of started around um, my family, in particular, my father's desire for me to be a high performing student. He was an immigrant to the United States and believed that education was the way to a better life. And you needed to be good at what you did and um, utilize all the everything that you had. You know, so I always felt this very high pressure to succeed. And that was the primary source of my stress, because honestly, my health was pretty good. I had a fairly stable financial situation, but it was always this pressure to succeed to be the best. And that was the source of my stress largely, you know, family expectations.
1: Yeah, it seems to be the common thread for everyone, expectations and and family in some way, you know, Mm mm-hmm. Did it build and build over time, or was there points where you could kind of turn it off and turn it on through your university and job and so on?
0: The first time I realized, I'll just share this, and how impactful, you know, your parents' voices are, I brought my first report card home in first grade. I didn't even really know what a report card was, and my dad took a look at it, and it was all Bs. And he said, in this household, we only get A's. I thought, well okay, I want your love and approval. I better do that. And um, I would say throughout my university career, I was always feeling pressure to excel. And I grew up in a little town where it was easy enough to be, you know, the top of the heap, so to speak. But then when I got to university, which was very large, I was humbled. I was more of a little fish in a big pond. Everybody was pretty much smart around me but I could work it I could work you know and still succeed because I could work it there was a time where I finally said okay enough of my career I decided to go full on entrepreneur where I I had met the client from hell and I had done consulting and I just said I am done I am so done with this and I was very fortunate to have a husband who had a stable job and we were had financial means. So I became a real estate investor. And I would say actually this was around 2003 when everything was going up and it was really great. It wasn't very stressful because everything just kept going up and I did a pretty good job of screening tenants. Uh, and then 2008 hit, And that's when the stress really piled on because I had two daughters, uh, one in high school, so ninth grade, and another one in seventh grade. And here in the US, we have to pay for college. It's very expensive. Many people, as soon as the baby's born, they start a college education fund in the US. And we thought we were so smart and started investing college education funds in houses with that collapse of the real estate market everything went upside down there was no equity it was negative equity and then cash flow you know I had a modest positive cash flow now became negative because tenants couldn't pay the same rent taxes and insurance keep going up and so it just was compounded with this imminent college coming up and so That's when stress truly turned on for me because I was trying to figure out how do I make up this deficit when in that collapse, there weren't any jobs available. And I had two kids that were pretty active in sports. One thing I will say, the silver lining to all of this is that real estate did end up paying for their college education because we sustained such bad losses that we were eligible for grants. In other words, our income levels were so low (laughs) that we could qualify for this. And that was um, a huge relief. We figured out a little bit about the college strategy, go to a school where your kids are slightly above the mean of this certain test uh, performance. So it was still very hard because I'd always succeeded and I felt like I really was a big failure not only just financially, just like, how could I have gotten myself into this? You know, like, I thought I was smarter than the whole market, (laughs) you know? Like, if anybody could have seen it, I should have. Like, really? There aren't people who are smarter than you that could have foreseen it? But I blame myself for a lot of it. So that didn't feel good. And that's really what caused my heart attack when I I was actually gardening, listening to a motivational speaker interview unlikely successful people people who didn't even graduate from high school and i thought i am smarter than these people how can they be successful and not me and i was just feeling so down on myself that as i was chopping down some brush all of a sudden i got dizzy and i felt this like real uh, bizarre sensation that uh, caused me to go in to my kitchen and take a break and uh, you know i had this light burning sensation, like, uh, like heartburn, but I'd never had heartburn. And I told myself, oh, it's just really muscle pain because I've been working to chop things down in the garden. You know, I had gone to the gym the day before, done some yoga, like sun salutations, which are basically a lot of pushups. And uh, I thought, oh, it's just muscle pain. And my husband even said, you know, you're starting to scare me. I think we should go to the ER. And I said, I have my regularly scheduled annual checkup on Monday. This was a Saturday. So two days later, I said, I'm fine. I'm just going to wait. And he's like, are you sure we should go to the ER? And I said, nope, I I don't want to go to the ER. You know, when I finally went to my checkup, my doctor, uh, I go to a very good practice where they do an EKG before they see the patient. And um, I hadn't really seen her much except to uh, get blood work done. And, um, you know, I'd lowered my cholesterol by 40 points in three months and I had lost weight. And I was like the star patient because I always try to be really good at what I do. <laughs> you know, she looks at me, you know, and I'm telling her that I feel fine except for this like sort of weird pain in my chest. And she looks at the EKG and she's like, oh my God, Audrey you are having a heart attack. I was in denial. I think I shared with you earlier that I had a text message come in while I was in with the doctor. And I said, did you hear that text message? That's my friend from California. She's waiting for me at a restaurant around the corner. Could I have lunch with her first and then go to the hospital? And she said, Audrey, (laughs) you're having a heart attack. If we weren't within three blocks in downtown Chicago of having you get to the hospital uh i would send an ambulance but as it is just take a cab and get yourself over there so that is how i found out i had a heart attack and it was so like i was known as the healthy one and i had proved it because i lost this weight i reduced my cholesterol i did all this good stuff and uh many people said um you're like that runner guy who died of a heart attack while running like you're the healthiest person i know and i'm like yeah I'm the healthiest person I know, too. And and I had this heart attack. This can't be real. You know, so what I'm trying to say is, like, be careful how you talk to yourself. Stress is real. Do a reality check as to whether the sky is truly falling or not. And, um, you know, stress can be a killer for sure.
1: Did the heart attack change your life in any way?
0: Yes. And you know, it's funny. A friend of mine said, Audrey, you're going to look back on this time and you're going to be grateful that it happened to you. And I'm like, yeah, right. This totally sucks. I hate being here. I hate this whole process. Um, But you know what? She had a lot of wisdom. I think as a result, I am certainly more aware of my inner dialogue, but I also think I'm more compassionate and kind and not so much of a judge because you never know what really is going on with someone behind the scenes. So there has been a lot of good that's come from it. And one of the ways I chose to channel all this self-improvement that I realized I had to do was like once I have got all these skills, I thought, well, you know, I know stress is the pandemic, This was even before COVID. Everybody has it, at least in the Western culture. And people need to know how to become the boss of their own brain and reduce their own stress. So um, that's how, you know, I think I've channeled it rather well. And yeah, I'm I'm a nicer, kinder, more open person. I'm not as big of a judge as I used to be.
1: Yeah. And I sometimes wonder, there's something as dramatic as that change our pivot point of who we are before and after, you know?
0: Yeah, you could decide to wallow and never come out of it. And I did that for about two months and got tired of that. (laughs) When I realized, you know what, there's a lot of good. And, um, you know, meditation was the first skill I had to really help me become less reactive and more present.
1: So in your bio, you says you feel like stress nearly killed you. Uh, how did that feel looking back, realizing I could have fixed this or I could have done this or I could have taken meditation or so on, you know?
0: Uh, yeah, I, you know, it's funny because the former Audrey would not have listened to me um, because I thought I had it all under control. And what's ridiculous is that, um, you know, I, it wasn't fun. Like life is supposed to be meaningful and joyful and I was not having any of that and so I think if somebody had talked to me about you need to lighten up and enjoy life a little bit more I might have listened a little bit more because I think positivity and joy it's a contraindication to stress if you find your joy you won't be stressed because you are being the person you're supposed to be I personally believe that everyone is built uh, born with their own unique skills and competencies. um, And if they find them, they're just going to excel. Everybody is unique in their own special way. And um, I would say that's a a very noble endeavor to try to find. If you don't know what that is, try to find it.
1: How do you know what yours was?
0: That's a good question. Um, I think I'm a fairly good educator and I'm so much more empathetic than I used to be, uh, because, well, just because of my experience. But I believe I have found my voice, and I'm—I've always been sort of a talented speaker. Like um, when I get up and I speak, I, speaking is one of the ways I communicate. And what I had done for myself was initially after the heart attack, I felt very ashamed and embarrassed that it happened to me. It's kind of crazy. Like, why would you feel that? But I thought it was so contra to who I was. But after realizing that it wasn't really my, um, there was nothing to be embarrassed about that instead, I could create awareness for heart disease. I decided like February is Heart Health Month. And the 1st of February in 2017. So three months after my heart attack, I started going on for every day in February. I went on a Facebook Live telling people about my journey and how I did better. And so I think like I'm brave in some ways that I'm willing to be so vulnerable, but I share from the heart what I think really works. So um, yeah, I think speaking and connecting with people is my, that's where I'm in flow.
1: I love it. We need to have more flow and conversations and kind of, did you feel like you needed to educate people about heart attacks and stress and so on at that time going forwards?
0: Yes, because so many people said, I can't believe this happened to you. And when I started sharing, I'd have actually many messages from women afterwards saying, I heard what you said. If you feel something that you're not, that's not normal, especially if it's your chest, go to the doctor, have it checked out, and don't be embarrassed if it's not. Because if you were a man, you would go to the ER, everyone would say, you have a chest pain, you gotta go get yourself to the ER. And women don't do that. They, they feel embarrassed. Uh, it's not, they don't know too many people who've had heart attacks, even though many women have. It's, it's almost the same as men. However, more women die of heart attacks than men because they delay seeking treatment so what made me feel really good is that when someone in their family or a loved one has a heart attack they come to me for as a resource and two there are many more women who have shared that because of what I heard from you I've gone to have myself checked out and it didn't turn out to be anything but I was not embarrassed because I remember what you said and that makes me feel good
1: as a woman, where do you think the embarrassment and shame comes in getting your heart checked?
0: Oh, I think that was an Audrey thing, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> embarrassment. <laughs> because I had like, put myself up as, um, I am this uh, person who uh, is healthy. And how could I let that happen to me? Like come, una- like that I was unaware. That was my embarrassment and shame. But I think for women they don't realize that i mean they might have heard that the symptoms are different than from men like men get this crushing chest pain generally they say like it feels like an elephant is sitting on my chest women not so much you might have a pain in your jaw or a tingling sensation going down your arm or you might have this thing like i did indigestion uh where uh you know you think it's heartburn but it's not they're relatively um, diffuse symptoms. I think women are used to being caretakers of others <laughs> and they don't, they're not, they don't do a good job necessarily of taking care of themselves in that way.
1: In your case, you went out and learned many tools from different companies relating to wellness, heart and a positive psychology. Where did the passion and the drive come to learn more and help people with these tools?
0: Well, uh, it was all self-driven at first. For me, I needed to handle my own stress first because I was aware of the impact it had on my family and on myself. It was um, the biggest trauma I've had. And it was a big trauma for my family as well, probably the biggest they've seen. And so my motivation is like, um, I'm up for challenge, I'm tough. tougher than I look, and I had to learn how to stress less. So I became a certified stress mastery educator with the American Institute of Stress, and um, I did a lot of things, including, um, uh, you know, I learned a lot of positive psychology, which I absolutely loved and adored uh, because it it explains so much of um, you can change your biochemistry just by how you think. So you might as well think good thoughts and like, how do you do that? And there's so much in positive psychology that we learn things to cultivate that positivity is good. Finally, I just, I I guess I realized that I want to get down to not just treating symptoms of stress because different things can keep coming up and you can do tapping or you can do meditation, but things generally come up repeatedly. And I learned about a new process. There is a clearing beliefs coaching program that I'm in and I'm most of the way through. I have another month and a half to finish it. But that helps to examine those inner beliefs that are causing the stress in the first place. Yeah, my motivation is first and foremost for myself and my family. But then I think I learned all this good stuff. I have to share it.
1: Yeah, that's the thing i gotta share and what i do for myself can benefit someone down the street or someone in the neighborhood or whoever you know
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: after you started learning these tools were you able to implement them to give people the power to understand and figure out that stress is something that they can control and transform
0: yes there is one scientific uh, instrument that we have it's a questionnaire that's been used by I guess since the early 80s, it's Center for Occupational Safety and Health. It's a form that's been tested rigorously and it helps you to define what type of stress that you have. And once we know what type of stress you have, then you can gear the tools to mastering your stress with that because some are, are better you know, geared to a type of stress than another. Like you might feel, anger you might feel like overwhelm uh so there are different tools to gear yourself to the type of stress and it it breaks it out and that's usually the starting point that i have with my clients just to kind of get to know them more on that um, psychometric level i guess you could say just it's a profile it's a way to profile someone
1: i would assume stress is just stress but i get the feeling that there are different types of stress what are they
0: Oh, there's all. Yeah, there's like uh, five major types of stress. And I mentioned that anger is one of them. Uh, Neuroticism is another. There is overwhelm. There is situational stress. Like, for example, you might be a caretaker of someone you know, somebody might be dying or you have a health trauma that you are not only supposed to do your job, you're also now caretaking. And there there could be situational things like um, being in traffic and things that some of which are in your control and some that aren't. Like if you have to take care of an elderly relative, there might not be too many options, but how you, uh, you could recognize um, that if I went to work earlier or took the train instead of driving i'd feel less stressed you know there's things under control so we examine those kinds of situations and see how much adjustment is possible for the client but then also identify tools like for me for example tapping emotional freedom technique are you familiar with yes i am yeah yeah it's a it's a way to interrupt the energetic cycle that's going on because. We're all like, thoughts are energy and it courses through our body. And when you tap on various acupressure points, I can do a tapping meditation and within 11 minutes, reduce my blood pressure 40 points if I need to. I just need to recognize that I have high blood pressure. And sometimes I do where I get flushed or I just know I'm a little anxious and then I can tap and release it. Another favorite strategy that I can do is go out in nature, go out for a walk, which in Chicago, <laughs> when it's really cold, <laughs> it's not as easy as when you're in Miami or in the south of Spain, but I have tools to, to help me do that. And those are programs. It's like your favorite. We introduce a number of tools. You pick your favorites, and then there's situational ones that you can pull out uh, for things that might be a little bit unusual.
1: what would be the tools if something unusual happened?
0: It's very dependent. Like you might say, "Uh, yeah, I love meditation, Uh, but maybe you're just feeling down and gloomy and there's a tool that I know this is how we met. It was through uh, Positive Prime. That's super easy to do. I like easy and quick. You can watch a series of images, like a sort of a movie going by, of images that are designed to boost your positivity. You see your own name, you see your own pictures, it's set to nice music, and the images are um, all therapeutic, power positions, nature, bright colors, round shapes. There's a whole science to what is shown. Uh, But when you do that, you can reset your mood. Like literally, if you are watching it, you can reset your mood, and it might be good four to six hours later. That's what they've determined. So, I like the quick and easy, easy and effective. Everything I've done, um, I've done for myself, and I make sure that there's validation because you can. Uh, it's not as easy to learn how to meditate and sit there for half an hour and zen out. That was something I. That's how I started because a nurse who saw me in cardiac rehab was a friend of mine. And she said, Audrey, you have to learn how to meditate. And I thought, oh, I don't want to learn how to meditate. I've done everything else. I like. I knew that meditation was one of those things that is one of the best ways to reduce blood pressure. But I decided I would eat better and I would exercise and I'd forget the mind. But then, you know, meditation is a discipline that is not always easy for people to do. So I try to introduce various things. Although i still meditate and I love it, but it's, I look for the client to see what's going to fit for them. It's basically an introduction of a, an array of things and they pick their favorite, but then they know of that other thing that they might try if something unusual comes up.
1: Yeah. Because you, you can't plan for everything being a sequence because things can happen out of that sequence that can cause that impact in some way. Of Life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wish life was routine. As so, I don't, uh, this'll happen, that'll happen, so on. You know. So, Audrey, if there was a message that y- you could share um, to help transform people's stress or prevent people to not have a heart attack, what would it be?
0: I would say that it's really important for you to realize when you're stressed and what your triggers are, and to whatever extent you can uh, minimize them. Uh, that is a good way to start. Like recognition in the first place. I was so stressed for so long. I thought that was just the way life was. But to recognize like most people don't feel like that. Are you feeling joyful? Are you happy? If not, I would recommend getting some support, whether that is through, um, you know, a stress educator like myself or through a therapist or just investigating some of the tools that i've mentioned um to help you start calming your brain down and being in your whole uh having your full faculties because you aren't thinking with your whole brain when you are stressed you're only utilizing part of it
1: yeah um and the other thing is is there a differentiation if someone's having a panic attack or a heart attack because it may feel like a heart attack you know
0: You know uh you're right i've only had one panic attack myself and that was shortly after my heart attack i was driving on the highway and i had to pull over and turn around and go home um just i'm i don't think i'm really qualified to say that But i think a panic attack either case i would seek some professional help you could go to your doctor they could ascertain what it is Uh, chances are with a panic attack you're going to have really high blood pressure which isn't good for anyone. So, uh, you know, seek some help.
1: Awesome. Uh, so, you have a website list where people can grab more technology and tools and more content. What is it?
0: Yeah, it's Audrey Weidman, the way I spell my name, W E I D M A N, uh, dot com forward slash tech resources. And this is a, a list, I think it's like 16 or 18 pages long of the best tools that I have discovered. That doesn't mean you need to digest them all at once. I'm just presenting a, an array of like apps, videos, movies, different tools and techniques like um, EFT, like we had spoken about. Um, and just take take little bits. start with little things because they're all validated and um proven to to work and i just want to give that gift to you because you'll have it all at your fingertips and you can try so audreywideman.com weidman.com forward slash tech resources
1: excellent um i know you said february is your heart month that you're trying to create awareness is there anything you've planned or anything you're up to that to create this wellness but not this wellness but this awareness to create a happy heart and people
0: I'm here with you, and I'm here with (laughs) other people. Um, You know, my goal is to speak because I do kind of have the gift of gab. I'm here to speak about it and just not, I won't pretend that this didn't happen to me. And I'm just an advocate for heart health. You might think the first thing to do is to eat well, get your sleep and exercise. Yes, we all know that. But stress, there are many overweight people who smoke that don't get heart attacks because they're happy. So find the things you love to do. Find your happiness and joy. You'll be less stressed. And because life happens, you know, stress will happen, it won't go away. You'll have tools that I'm giving you to help you get over those bumps.
1: Audrey, it's been a pleasure having you on, sharing about what you're up to and uh, live happy and have a happy heart.
0: Thank you so much, Aaron. Thanks for allowing me to come on.
1: Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.